welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hey, it's Mark again. Welcome to Didn't See It Coming. Now, if you're listening to this in 2021 or 2022, let me give you some context. It is May of 2020. We are all sheltering in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we are experiencing this global economic meltdown. Now, as a marketing person, uh, one thing that I have noted is just the overabundance of maudlin, cloying sort of advertisements out there from big corporations sending out the equivalent of uh, thoughts and prayers. And, and I'm going, what's that worth? And every once in a while, I do a podcast or write a story because I have found something that jumps out where people are taking this time of reflection and shift to come up with an idea that is truly remarkable. Now, a friend of mine, Jessica, she, uh, she and I used to work together in big ad agencies and she tipped me off to a gentleman named Gabriel. And this gentleman, Gabriel, was an entrepreneur who was coming up with a really cool idea. And one thing led to another. And I was introduced to Gabriel Cornejo and he and I hit it off. And long story short, I am now volunteering some of my time to a great idea founded by Gabriel, who I've got on the podcast. Does that do justice to it? That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark, for having me. It's and, uh, you know, we got along probably because you're Canadian and I just happen to have this love for Canadians having lived in Canada myself. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You've seen, you've seen the border from both sides. I actually do know the plight of an immigrant having also been kicked out of Canada. So, All right. But I still love Canada. Got lots of friends and relationships there. And uh, so appreciate you having me. Now, that's, that's, it's cool because it actually plays into our story here because this is a story about the free market versus the fair market. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to, to perspective on what's working and what's not working. Now, I want to jump right in. Jessica yeah. introduced me to you. And uh, she said, you started this movement, this thing called Delovery, uh, take on delivery, but with love. And what it is, is a system whereby small businesses, the folks that actually anchor our downtowns, our high streets, make our community community, can fight fair with these global giants who have used the free market system to their advantage and kind of buttoned everything up and pushed everybody else out. But that's just a short form. Tell me about the backstory of delivery. Take, take me through <laughs> what this thing is. Yeah, certainly. So uh, for context, uh, for the listeners, I have a history of whenever something happens like this crisis mm -hmm. to take action. So uh, there are definitely examples in my life of doing that. But in this moment, in this specific period, given that people are sheltering in place, my concern was there are people that uh, are more susceptible to um, lethal ramifications of catching the virus. And so my inclination and at the core of who I am is to be of service. 
So in this moment, I looked at the landscape and saw, okay, there's, there's a bunch of people, including my grandparents, that probably would like somebody to go grocery shopping, get medication, and get other supplies on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And so originally the intent was to utilize what my strengths are, having come from um, now tech and also my background of just taking action when action is required, uh, is to form this organization, Delivery. And Delivery was a platform intended to galvanize volunteers to help bring resources to the community where they are needed, when they are needed most. And so that was the idea as it originally started. Because, That's what I heard the first time out. Yeah. And, and well, the, you know, that was to address the immediate symptom, right? Mm-hmm. But if you really think about the um, results that have, uh, that indirectly, but also directly came through the shelter in place, was you also have this impact on uh, the economies that, um, especially here in the United States, that have led to a record amount of unemployment in just a short period of time. Uh, what are we at? 36 million mm-hmm. people that have filed for unemployment. That's a, and that's just in a few weeks' time. We're getting close to Great Depression numbers yeah. uh, of unemployment. But ultimately, you have to also think about the other ramifications that happened from shelter in place. You had a lot of people that were could not afford a $500 emergency. Why, why is that so? Well, mm-hmm. you have some flaws in the um, free market system that large companies have been exploiting. And so because of that fact, you've got shelter in place that is highlighting and bringing to light all these different uh, shortcomings to all these different philosophies that existed. And, and so the lovery has actually... Um, grown into what we want to accomplish, which is revitalizing the community together. And the way that we accomplish that is we've got volunteers that are helping us build a platform that basically creates a marketplace that whether you're big or small, you're able to list what you have so people can find it. But the aspect of delivery is we're doing this not in the interest of trying to um, gamify or position ourselves with a product. Once we find out what product you guys make is successful and then replace you, our objective is purely just to create the marketplace so that way everybody that's looking for something is able to find it without the concern of having these big players come in and take your idea because they've had you list your product, your company on their platform, and then they've studied what it is that you did right and then replace you and, and, and cut you out of the market. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the free market. God bless the free market, but there are enough loopholes in there that you can drive a truck through. And it does also imply the freedom to fail and nobody catches you. But you know what I, what I loved about this system was my wife has just started a Shopify store and uh, she and her sister uh, are working in skincare and aesthetics and doing all the work is one thing, but you run out of hours. And so you want to be able to sell product to people who have come for treatments. Now, first off, they went through a grueling experience 
Thankfully, we had a fantastic person at Shopify who helped them out, but they went through a grueling experience setting up their shop. And then in order to sell, they're going to have to put it out on a single website. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have the heft, nor will they ever have the heft to actually go up and compete on a big scale. And I think that is about true for about 99.9% of the businesses out there. Even if you wanted to find them, they have such a small footprint online that you can't. And, and then even if you do find them, they've probably had a heck of a time setting up an online store. It doesn't work as well as Amazon. What I love about delivery is that you basically set up this big umbrella with a thriving downtown marketplace in it and you use your smarts as an entrepreneur to make it easy for me to find these people who otherwise just wouldn't know where to start and would get steamrolled by the bigs. Yeah, yeah, no, ultimately, if we try to put this into like a physical experience, right? Uh, there's a reason why Walmart became so large, right? Because they had all the different products that most people were looking for that used to be separate companies, separate businesses with separate facilities. They brought it all under one umbrella. In that same way, Amazon has done that, but for the digital space. The only difference though is that you are basically doing the market research for them because when you create the product, such as your wife has created Mm -hmm. this platform, right? Should you have the success that you're hoping and aspiring to accomplish? Guess what? Amazon's going to make the Amazon basics. Costco mm-hmm. is going to cut you out because you're listed in their physical store. And once they see that you've generated a lot of sales, well, let's figure out how to make that ourselves and cut you out. Yeah. And our objective is, okay, problem one is you've got big players with nefarious interests is the way I look at it. Nefarious is a funny word for it because you know what, if you look at uh, Milton Friedman who said, you know, that companies are only obligated to make profit for uh, their shareholders, that's a very polite way of disguising what has become very brutal, inhumane behavior in a lot of cases. Sure, sure. I mean, so the argument that uh, I often hear, well, you know, these companies, they're people, according to Mitt Romney, um, that they're just uh, operating with fiduciary responsibility, right? So that means that they are obligated to continuously return profits for their shareholders. But the shareholders often are very short-sighted. But also, if you think about it in this this manner, if everybody's operating that way, well, what's just in, in it for me? Then, of course, then you get the result that we have now, which is you've got this giant wealth gap, which ultimately creates... Um, a myriad of problems that because of this virus are being highlighted. People that are once used to have businesses themselves who used to be sustainable now are getting swallowed up by the Amazons, by the Costco's, by these organizations. And all that does is centralize power. And so I like to use this allegory that a dear friend of mine, Roger Jordan, he shared with me a long time ago and how this pertains to um, the market and, and how we have the market today. And it's the allegory of the long spoons. And the idea is if you got to go visit heaven and hell and just in the exploration of hell, you went in, you saw people sitting around a pot of stew with six foot wooden spoons attached to their arms. And 
they're trying to feed themselves, but because they can't get these spoons to their mouths, they're, they're sick and they're mm -hmm. thin and, and undernourished. Well, now imagine if you got to go visit heaven and you saw the exact same thing, people with six foot wooden spoons attached to each arm. And instead of them trying to feed themselves, they're fat and happy because they're feeding each other. And in this same moment, what happens is because these large companies depend on buyers to feed them, to purchase their products. Well, what happens when you and I, who are feeding each other, if you eat so much of the stew and you don't feed me back, what's going to happen to me is I'm going to perish. I'm going to mm -hmm. disappear and die. And then and I'm going to have nobody to feed you. Yeah. And so in that same way, you've got this growing wealth gap that is slowing the velocity of money because people don't have money to spend. We have debt going up the roof, not only of, of the United States, but also the ability to survive is getting harder and harder. And now that we're in sheltering in place, you're seeing those players, those large companies that had all this excess cash who could weather the storm are doing just fine. Mm -hmm. Those that received uh, the most capital from the, you know, the respective governments to help subsidize this situation are doing just fine. But the mom and pops are hurting. The small businesses that were waiting for the personal protective uh, paycheck protection program mm -hmm. that was underfunded here in the United States took a long time to get capital into their hands to get the ability to retain their employees. Well, all these different approaches are starting to destroy what was already slowly happening because of these giant companies sucking away economies that used to be at the local level, mm -hmm. right? There's a reason why you see stores that are going under, uh, you know, small towns that used to have life downtown mm -hmm. disappearing, right? Because if Amazon doesn't have to physically have a store, right? That means that everybody's shopping online, but people don't want to go from, Amazon.com to Target.com to even, you know, a, a, a new um, store such as your wife is mm -hmm. producing, well, all of a sudden you've got a problem because mm -hmm. now you've gone from a free market to just a monopoly. Yeah. And our objective is, look, we, we don't want to be a store. We want to be the market so that way people can produce their offering but then the avenue that we believe that um, is most beneficial for the revitalization of the community is to be able to deliver these items. Because in this moment, there are people that, especially here in the United States, because of political um, actions or inactions taken compared mm -hmm. to Canada, uh, we've got people that are in record numbers are going to food banks, mm -hmm. right? They're looking for resources. Our objective is we're going to show you what grocery stores have. We're going to show you what food banks have because you're looking for something under your current circumstances, but we still want to be able to get them to you in an efficient and safe manner so that when it, your circumstances change, you come back and you understand our objective wasn't to 
take away from this moment to mm-hmm. actually harm you in this moment without you knowing it. It's we are the ones that we're trying to provide value for you, irrespective of your circumstance, whether you're the mom and pop shop, whether you're the consumer or whether you have some basic needs that you need met at this very moment. Coming to us in one place makes that easier, but also makes for a fair market rather than what we have now. I remember reading a great book. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was Growth Hackers or what it was, uh, but there, the, the author of I can't, who slips my mind right now, uh, he, he had a terrific book out. And what he talked about is modern innovation um, came down to, th- or modern success comes down to three things. One, product. Two, marketing. Three, platform. One, you got to invent something good. Two, you got to get the word out so people know that it exists. But you yep. have to bring them back to a place that you own because, and then he just used the marketing sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. if you advertise on Facebook or you advertise on Instagram, they own the platform. And we've all seen how they can come in and go, oh, you're doing good all right, well, we're going to take a lot more money from you or we're going to put some hurdles in your place. And what I love about your approach is that you allow every small business to preserve their platform, which is their store mm-hmm. or their own little online presence. So, and I think that is a fundamental thing that you talk about Amazon, you have to go to their store. You right. have to put your product on their shelf. And if one yep. day they don't feel like, selling your product anymore, tough, out. you're out. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do because they own the platform. And I think, you know, product marketing platform and platform, I think more and more today is the most important thing that you can own. Well, to, to put things in, into perspective for the, for the audience, um, something that I, I don't know if we've communicated just yet, but delivery is actually a nonprofit. No, we haven't and, even talked about that part. No, and the, and the reason why we decided that that was the appropriate formation is because we want every aspect of what we're doing to articulate to people, we're here to be of service, right? Because ultimately, the system that we have in, uh, under current constructs is just killing our societies left and right, right? The communities are being harmed, even though you're getting a cheap product and it's a great service that Amazon provides and companies that are starting to dominate that have produced amazing services and products. Don't get me wrong. There are lots of innovations that are are happening out there, but there are ramifications to operating with just the bottom line mentality, market share ownership mentality. And we wanna make sure that in this moment, not only is, is our formation nonprofit because we want to see s- sustainability come back, we also want to make sure that um, everything that we do, everything that we communicate, all points out. We just want to make sure that this is a fair market. We can't promise that you'll have success. We can't promise that you'll get um you know, the greatest market share that you're looking for. Ultimately, what we want to make sure that everybody starts at the same starting line and that um, on its own creates a more modernized free market that we currently don't have 
because the large players have so much capital that they can buy lobbyists who ultimately buy politicians who shape um, you know, the laws. In, shape the playing field, basically. That's right, exactly. Yeah. It's basically saying, hey, um, I, we know this is a playing field, but we bought all the referees. Yeah. And so we want delivery to be recognized as, <laughs> guess what? We're not paid by anybody which you know the whole nonprofit avenue is is an attempt to communicate that that's part of our interest now be able to be that fair player i i just as you were talking about you know delivery not-for-profit what what came up in my head is not so much up here in canada but um in the states the partisanship is off the charts right now so when you mention things like not-for-profit you mentioned things like fair market versus free market. Um, I don't know. Is that something that you want to keep quiet? Because I'm sure there's, there's going to be some people who, as soon as you say fair market, they start swinging to Bernie Sanders. And who isn't even really much of a socialist if you come from Canada? <laughs> but they swing yeah. right to Bernie Sanders. Are there people, when you say fair market, that they just go off their head? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, that, that's a fair question, Mark. And and so for the audience to have some context, I, I have um, a lot of political interests, and I pay attention. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Now, just for the <laughs> listeners to put that in context, what you just heard was the Thunderbirds flying over overhead. You're down in San Diego. Yeah, at the All moment right, so I am sheltering in place with my with yeah. my with my family, um, but but. <laughs> That was perfect timing, by the way. Um, but no, with respects to politics here in the United States, because we've gotten so polarized, um, I, I like to at least communicate with folks. I've lived in 11 cities, two countries, the other country being Canada. And part of that experience of living in all these different places, I don't know if people are familiar with uh, Plato's allegory of the cave, but if you don't, it's basically an idea that if we are not exposed to more perspectives, we can never consider other perspectives. And so in this moment, because I've lived in 11 cities and two countries with um, ideologies that are ingrained within the communities and therefore impressed upon those participants in those communities, I've grown to understand that one of my greatest strengths is that I have the ability to translate because I understand the perspectives from that people think from and why they think that way. So when I do discuss with my conservative friends uh, about the fair market, you know, there is a little bit of hesitancy about it, but if I'm afforded the opportunity to share what that actually means, um, I, I try to clarify, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I've had, you know, my own startups and, and I definitely understand the perspective of, of you know, why people do what they do if they're operating from a profit motive perspective. That's something that's not lost on me. But I also understand that irrespective of what side of the aisle you're on, you're feeling pain. And it's not just a little pain. There is a greater cause. And most of the time, the sources from which people hear arguments are to point out symptoms and point out that these symptoms can't be changed, but we believe that the cause is something that we are addressing with delivery because we know 
that whether you are on the left side or the right side of the aisle, everybody's being affected. And so now we're at this point and, and there's this, um, <laughs> there's this, is it a GIF or a GIF? I, I keep mm -hmm. forgetting, but um, this is GIF of this. Um, the economy uh, displayed using cookies. What? I've never seen one. this. Oh, it's, it's hilarious and it's fantastic. So if you can imagine three people, okay, you've got the person with the biggest pile of cookies, somebody in the middle with just a cookie or two, and then somebody with crumbs, okay? So this is the example. Well, the person with the largest pile of cookies nudges on the person with the two or three cookies and, and points to the person with the cookies with the crumbs. And, and so this visual representation is basically what we have today, which is here in the United States, especially here in the United States, we've got a lot of finger pointing towards people without power, right? That's why immigrants are, you know, so, um, so polarizing of a topic to discuss, right? But when you think about it, though, um, what power do immigrants have? You know, if, especially if you've come over, you know, um, without proper uh, documentation, documentation, right? You possess no power. You don't have the ability to operate within the system because you're outside of the system trying to get in. And so the way that I like to frame that discussion is people pointing to immigrants is a result of they feel like their jobs are being taken. But if you think about it, who's the one giving away the job? Mm -hmm. It's the employer. Mm -hmm. Why are you blaming the person that's looking for the job? Right? So this is an example. But anyways, coming back to the topic of polarization in the fair market. Uh, yes, there is some concern, but we want to be able to cut through that, that noise by articulating our vision and saying, look, we're a nonprofit. You know, as long as we're providing the service that's beneficial for you, which ultimately is what people are looking for, then that shouldn't be just the narrative that you are hearing because we understand that our argument resonates with you. Don't get hung up on just the, the one singular phrase right. because the, right. the actual free market rendering of, of fair market is fair market value. And that's really what that derives from. Right. Now, I mean, I came aboard to help with brand and positioning and I strongly believe that as long as you lead with words like fair market, you're going to be on your back foot no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. But if you can actually demonstrate what the damn thing does, they go, oh, that makes a lot of sense because at the, yeah. at the heart of it, delivery, for anybody who's tried to set up a website and sell stuff, delivery is a brutally common sense great thing. So take, we haven't talked at all about the brass tacks of this and I know you're launching soon. So uh, take me through what exactly happens. I'm, I'm a small shopkeeper downtown and I want to go with delivery. What, what do you give me? Yeah, yeah. So here, here's the idea, right? Because um, irrespective of what community you're in, people are looking for resources, whether it's to meet their basic needs at the moment or, you know, if they're in a better place than their desires, right? So part of the pursuit of either situation is the discovery process, right? Right now, the discovery of what you're looking for 
if you're to go online, takes a, a long time, right? And so if you think about it in this context, if you went into a bookstore and things weren't labeled, they weren't organized by different categories, you wouldn't have any understanding of where to go to find what you're looking for. What we're attempting to do, right, is to be the bookstore where, hey, guess what? You're in, and, I, and I'll use Oshawa as an example in Ontario. You're in Oshawa. Are you looking for groceries? Are you looking for a food bank? Are you looking for a hot you know, meal from a restaurant? Starting to organize in that way, but showing what, what's available at the local level alleviates that discovery process. Because right now, if you go online, you type these things in, you're going to get an organized search result based on what Amazon, or excuse me, Google has organized for you. And ultimately what that is, is it's limiting because there's people that are buying their position. There are people well, that- Well, yeah, not only that, I mean, yeah, buying positions, so you see the ads at the top, but even, mm-hmm. I, just, I just did an overhaul on my own website and I'm in this business. And I, 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 I discovered that my website was a leaky bucket that just, it, it just gave me a headache. Um, so even I, who kind of know what I'm doing, can't put together a website that's a tight ship as far as SEO goes. And so I'm ranking on all the stuff I should be ranking. I'm on page seven, eight, 10, you know, so I can't get found even though I have a decent product. I can only imagine what a butcher baker candlestick maker, how, when they put their website together, how, how invisible they are. Yeah. Well, ultimately what we attempt to do is to organize just like the bookstore here. This is the section you're looking for. We're not here to advertise on the platform. We're just here to show you what's available. And because we've it, broken it down by your area, it makes that so much simpler for you to figure out exactly what you're looking for or discover what you didn't know, right? Because in this moment, we're trying to address the various situations that have come as a result of COVID-19, right? There are people that um, have some income that, could be using our resources to buy groceries. They could be using our resources to buy from restaurants, right? But then there are people that are in a position where they don't have the sustainable income for themselves that need food banks. Ultimately, the objective is to create this place that you can come to to find exactly what you're looking for in your area without having to put in all the work to discover that. If we take the work out of it, right? Mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're getting the results that you're looking for. Those that have created these restaurants, these grocery stores, these products are more um, uh, are easily um, participating because the effort to position themselves has been taken away. And the discovery aspect, which was the hard aspect is removed. Now all of a sudden that understanding of, okay, I'm finding what I'm able to, I'm, I'm finding exactly what I'm looking for. That's local. The economic impact stays local, but also what it does is it alleviates some of the challenges that come with uh, operational costs as well. Because yeah. if we think about it in this way, um, our objective as, as a delivery system I like using that delivery um, is when you purchase through us, right? Our objective is to make a sustainable environment. So you may be purchasing 
through us, but part of what you're paying for is to sustain the market, but also to address those that may not be able to afford our services as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you are in a position at this moment where you don't have any income, it's important that resources get to you without you going and congregating together, right? All of a sudden you've got um, the action that is happening by people congregating together, which is the exact action that we want to prevent from happening, which is the whole reason for the shelter in place to begin with. It's important that resources get to people rather than people going to the resources at this moment. And so you purchasing your resources, if you're in a position where you can afford services, is actually subsidizing to improve and enhance the safety aspect for others as well that can't afford it themselves. Right. So one thing, I mean, because we've been talking a lot of philosophy, you kind of set up um, what delivery is going to work like. I know that Mm -hmm. launch is really quick. The last thing that I want to go to, I've heard a lot of people talk and big ideas about how to make it more equitable in the marketplace. I, for God's sake, I live on the left coast. I live in the Pacific Northwest. It's um, <laughs> yeah. we're weirder than, than Portland. And, um, and so I've, I talked to a lot of people who have great ideas. One thing that attracted me to you and delivery is that you have done this before. Talk yeah. to me about my people. Yeah. Yeah. So my people is actually uh, my first truly solo entrepreneur endeavor. Um, basically the, focus behind it was to operate with the same uh, approach as Amazon, as Flipkart, whereby we were starting with books initially. Um, You know, the textbook marketplace was um, rampant with complaints. It's a terrible experience, whether you went to school 60 years ago or you're going to school today, it was just a headache and a terrible experience because especially here in the States, right, you're either getting ripped off from the campus bookstore or you're having to wait forever for those books to arrive, which in the world of college students, um, generally speaking, they wait until you know the week of to get their books because they don't know if they're going to stay in their class or just the nature of being a student. We mm-hmm. tend to procrastinate on that front. But the experience was not great. And so the focus of my people was to actually make it possible for you to price compare between all the different retailers against the campus bookstore but not only that we also included uh, the students right because the students have books they don't want to get ripped off when they're selling the book back well why would they sell their book back when they to the to the campus bookstore or to the online retailer who's only going to turn around and sell it to your classmate down the hall why not just give you the power to do that yourself and so what we were doing was we were price comparing between all the retailers, including the private sellers, have the ability based on your geographic location so that you could um, uh, smoothly get what you're looking for. But the most important aspect was you made informed decisions because you knew, okay, if I go with this option, it may take a few days to get to me, which that doesn't work for me because the professor has me having uh, you know, assignment I need to do tomorrow, whereby, okay, if I'm going to get it from a student, I can get it right away. And the students aren't operating with this bottom line concern. Their concern is making sure that they get fair market, fair market value for their book. And so they would sell to other students right on campus. And so ultimately, it was, that was the impetus behind what we were creating at My People was, look, 
same same problem exists, which is the discovery aspect was really hard. Mm-hmm. And by presenting all the information in one place, alleviating that pain that most consumers that are shopping online don't want to experience, which is why they go with Amazon because they know they'll be able to find what they're looking for in one place. Now that that, 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 that what, aspect is alleviated. What, what made, what made my people cool? Because, you know, in, in interviewing you, uh, listeners, I, I'm sure they've come, they've come off with the impression you're very, very concerned about social sustainability as well as yep. economic sustainability, how mm-hmm. people do, right? That it's right, the right thing to do. And what I loved about the My Beeble story is um, the side effect of this is that you have students who did a course talking to students who are about to do a course and yes. they get to know each other. And so you've got like this secondary sort of impact that is entirely social. College is a place where you're supposed to stitch up networks. So you might find you're in marine biology, you meet a guy who's in marine biology, who knows where that's gonna go. It's yep. a wonderful side effect. Yeah, well, in actuality, I, I think that that was the greatest value that we could present, right? Because the way that I make that argument is when you're in college, uh, you may not have professional experience to understand why it's important to network with other people that are pursuing the exact same thing that you are, right? Because often what ends up happening is you go through, you pursue this education, and it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? But if you don't know enough people in your particular field of interest, then you're probably going to settle for a job that you get because you knew somebody, right? And ultimately, that takes you off the path of what you were pursuing. And so what my people did was when you bought from another student, we made it clear because we had a, a profile that said what school you attend, your major, minor, when you graduate, because these were um, uh, bits of information that intersected with the person that you're potentially buying from. Right, because in that moment sparks the opportunity for you to understand, oh, this may be a reason for me to engage, not just because um, there's this professional long-term gratification, but because in this moment, it might benefit me to stay in touch with this person because they just finished class that I'm about to start. No, now you know it's homework help, right? All this insight yeah. that happens. No, it happens. you can find out what teachers suck, which was the uh, number one point of discussion I remember at the start of every term. You, know. you already know, like the, the, the um, benefits are, are endless, but you just have to know that that is even something that you would have in common with somebody to begin with, right? It's that discovery aspect. Right. Oh, and yeah. that's what we, we did at My People. But here we're applying this to the greater, the greater picture now, right? Yeah. Because um, that concept was fantastic, but it actually relates to what happens across the globe. We are all human beings with our own interests. We're looking for other people with that same interest, same resources. Commerce happens to be the an, an avenue where we can discover that. And here with delivery, we're attempting to make that streamlined and sustainable because ultimately the direction we're headed in is much like this movie Elysium with Matt Damon where you've got just a handful of winners and everybody else is left with very little and mm-hmm. we don't believe that that's the um human that's experience that really we want to have right yeah i mean that all that usually ends in revolution i remember we we're working in sustainability we all talked about the the green revolution and we decided that the word revolution probably isn't the right one because in revolution generally everybody dies 
Yeah. And, and so we don't want a revolution. No, no. no. Well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to, to go that direction, right? Because uh, you've got a lot of consolidations in a lot of different markets. But when it comes down to it, people are creating new products each and every day, right? Yeah. There are innovations happening all over the place. The challenge of discovery is the hardest part. But if you've got these large players who have rigged the system in their favor, well, guess what? Your alternative is to come to a platform who doesn't operate with that perspective because that's not the motivation behind what we're doing. Our motivation mm -hmm. is to create that platform that gives big or small, individual or large company, the ability to show us what you have and not have this, this skewed playing field. Right. And All right. Like, now, this is a very cool concept. They can go to Delivery. Mm -hmm. right Delivery.org. Delivery.org. Yep. But the most important part, the most exciting part, is that you're about to go live. So uh, for all of us, it's now May 15, 2020. <laughs> when can we expect to see something happen? Yeah, yeah. So right now what we've been working towards um, in Toronto is, is our attempt to, to launch here. And we're looking at it in just a few weeks' time. Um, Toronto in, in, in Canada and then Los Angeles in the United States. Uh, you know, ultimately, these are the things that uh, we are, have been looking for and, and establishing relationships with um, various organizations to help build up the community, right? Because we want to make sure that we got plenty of participants. So that way, regardless of your circumstance or situation, we're providing that value. And so with respects to our ambitions we also want to make sure that we have personal protective equipment for our delivery drivers because you know that is something that is of super importance to us and and making sure that we're creating a safe and sustainable system is that we take care of those that are all participating to make this happen and so this is something that uh, we're just a few weeks away from from making a real a, you know making a reality um, and the best thing you can do right now is if you go to delivery.org you can check us out we have plenty of places to sign up if you want to volunteer we do need some volunteers on the driving side shopping side um, and then of course if you're interested in partnering happy to uh, bring you on board and walk you through what that looks like too uh, because we are creating this this community this this marketplace if you will uh, that it will take participation from everybody. And that's the desired outcome is that you have the ability to come on board. And if you have any challenges, we'll make sure that we try to remove those for you. Awesome, man. Gabriel, thank you so much for taking the time today. Mark, really appreciate you having me and I appreciate uh, the audience enduring the uh, sound effects. Oh, not every podcast gets to feature the Thunderbirds flying overhead. But um, for all the listeners, I am going to be keeping everybody up to date on your progress because I've got a vested interest in this. I'm volunteering to help you Just talking about volunteers and I really, really want to see this thing go. So I'm going to be talking this up and, and telling folks when things are moving forward. So um, stay tuned and more from Gabriel on my website and check out delivery.org. Thanks so much, man. Thank you very much. You've been listening to didn't see it coming the show about brands that learn from the past look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, 
drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas. 